broadcasting from across the North American continent of the Terran Empire, bringing you our unpopular Star Trek opinions since 2020. This is Code 47. We are back yet again. It is the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network this is episode 55 this is the beginning of a a strange and wonderful new journey uh rich uh heard from him just this morning is on his way to his annual pilgrimage down to orlando for the, nice the, the knights of terror whatever and this guy who, who is this guy who's talking what oh my god uh no I, i'm joined again by uh by rich's rich's right hand man uh paul uh moderman who's been on this show before but he is going to be hanging out with me uh for the next month uh for four episodes uh and we've got kind of some strange and crazy weird stuff going on so paul give us a hello first and foremost hi <laughs> good to hear from you um but first and foremost give us you know thanks for joining us thanks for yeah for joining this wild ride and then we you know we've got even more kind of strange and exciting stuff coming up for after uh, after paulston is is done but paul give us the uh give us the reader's digest version give us the elevator pitch of you and star trek yeah, thanks, Charlie. First of all, thanks for having me on. I love I love the show. I love guesting with you guys. It's it's awesome. Uh, so the Reader's Digest of my Star Trek life begins really probably late '80s ish. So I was born in '81, uh, and my dad would watch TNG at night. And every now and again, I could stay up late enough because it was on like syndication or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. 9 30 10 o'clock or something like that and every night again i would stay up late enough and i could see he'd make a special his special popcorn and then we would watch tng and of course since it, it wasn't consistent i couldn't do it every time so i didn't back then i didn't get the through line of tng mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but then so then so then i kind of grew up i moved out i i uh, i after that i saw all the films so i've seen all the star trek films at least once um and most of them several times um and then I returned to TNG and did, I blasted straight through the whole thing um, with my wife, actually, when, when she gave birth to our child. Um, and, and she was on maternity leave. I was on paternity leave. We blasted all the way through TNG. And I loved it even more because I loved it back when. And I loved it even more straight through because I got to see the right. through lines, right? The, the plot points that go above one episode right. really and stitched together then. Right. And it's so far beyond. And it's funny, Leonard Nimoy, in the 25th anniversary, they did a documentary. He and Shatner sat side by side. Uh-huh. And he was he was talking about TOS at the time. And he said, it's a it's a varied experience. For If you're a kid, you watch it and you enjoyed the space battles or the, yeah. the gunplay. And then later you come back to it as an adult and watch it again and catch something that you miss. Catch, you know, yeah. a, a morality play here or a this yes. or that there. You know what I mean? And the- yeah, T- TNG is very, very much the same deal. And that's that's a perfect way of saying it because because that's exactly right. As a kid, I was enamored of warp drive and phasers, right? Yes, good stuff. As, as grown up, I was like, I could give a crap about phasers. I wanted to see the stories happen, right? right? Yeah, I mean the yeah. the, the great Shakespearean tapestry yes. of, a, of yes. a, a galaxy that is Star Trek with the highs and the lows and the empires and, and the dynasties and all this stuff. And when I was a kid, I thought the holodeck with uh, Dixon Hill was dumb. And as an adult, I loved it. Like all that stuff. You totally flip. uh, You do like a windshield wiper kind of thing of like, yeah. 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 That Um, is awesome. 
And so, 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 um, so the other piece that is pertinent today to today is the other series in Star Trek. I have only sliced episodes here and there. I don't have through lines for uh, Voyager, which we're going to do today. I don't have through lines for DS9 or Discovery or Enterprise or whatever. I've just sort of dipped in and out. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to get the person, Charlie, who has the through lines and all of them taking me, guiding me through the good stuff of, in those series. I'm, I'm pumped, dude. I'm pumped. It's going to be fun. And after a brief sojourn into a couple of pretty lightweight news stories here, we're going to jump yeah. right into the segment that Paul himself was the one who designed that he just touched upon. Uh, we're going to take on an exceptional uh, two-parter of Voyager, and then we're going to take on one from one of the worst 10 lists. That's mm-hmm. an absolute, mm-hmm. do- absolute dog shit. So, yeah. um, but let, let's not, without further ado, let's, as I said, these, these news stories are, these are softballs right here. Yeah. Um, you know what? Even in the 23rd century, we, there will still be grumpy old men <laughs> take ch- cheap shots at each other. So uh, everybody knows that the big Star Trek news of this week, which we won't go, go into ad nauseum because I feel like this takes a little bit more satirical take, which is what we like to do here. Yeah. Um, that William Shatner at age 90 uh, got on the you know space wiener uh, of Jeff Bezos <laughs> and flew to space. So it was, what was the meme I found? It was a dick sends a dick to space on the <laughs> Sorry, that's just Shatner's, I love it. I love it. Just Shatner's reputation, but yeah, there has been beef between um, Sulu uh, actor George Takei and Captain Kirk actor William Shatner for decades to the point that, yeah. like ten or so years ago, when they were doing those Comedy Central roasts uh, hosted by what uh, the, the the roast man, the, the insult comic. What is the guy's name? I'm oh, there's like, there's like Jeff Ross and there's Jeff Ross. Uh, thank you, yeah, yeah. Lisa Lampanelli. And all yeah. that. So, so they did one of Shatner, and yeah, uh, Takei was absolutely a guest host on that, and it just it, it, ab- absolute, absolutely merciless. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who's to say? And again, maybe this article is a little bit more uh, illustrative of why uh, there has been just a blood feud between these two guys. I mean. Uh, Takai is going on to say things like he's boldly going where other people have gone before. <laughs> he called Shatner a guinea pig. He <laughs> said he'd be a great specimen to study, although he's not the fittest yeah. specimen of 90 years old. <laughs> I mean, oh, just meow. And yeah, this was this was great. I mean, and it, the, the 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 if you're if you're a Takai fan or if you're on that side of the equation, there it, it's actually sort of it's one of those things where the the feud plays into the Bezos and Shatner crowd, right? Because it, it puts the spotlight on blue origin going into space. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you were, if you're Takai, my advice to you is from, this is coming from a nobody who is not famous. So take it as you will, George um, (laughs) uh, is next time. Don't talk about it. You're just giving it air and Bezos and Shatner want the air. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the easiest way. It's like the high. It's yeah. Like the, it's like the schoolyard bully. You know. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't give them the attention that they want. Just, so. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's dumb. So yeah. yeah. These these two old fogies snarking at each other yeah. definitely takes me back to the uh, <laughs> the two part uh, thrilling uh, grumpy old men duology from the nineties with Walter Matthau. And yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. So anyway. So that's that. And then finally. Uh, our second story, embracing something that's a little bit more uh, positive and exciting, would be uh, production has wrapped on Strange New Worlds, which is the Star Trek TOS 
boy, right now it's kind of an in-between quote because it's in between Discovery seasons one and two and, and in between TOS. So it's pre-TOS, post-Discovery. So what do we call it over on SFU? We call it a side quill or a, a, a th- you know, third wheel or something. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway I'm, I'm super fired up about this. I, yeah. love, I, I love Anson Mount. I love his interpretation of Captain Pike. It's been... Uh, a cosplay that I've gone on to do that I've, I've received a lot of uh, compliments for that oh, people good. really tend to enjoy. I really yeah. do love doing it. But uh, yeah, so that that show is wrapped and he gave us kind of a love letter uh, to the cast and crew and obviously to the fans in general. But then we have for a release date, Mount saying it will arrive sometime next year. You are okay. killing okay. me with that. You're killing yeah. me. That's, I mean, like, don't even tell me that you're wrapped if you're not going to like go for another yeah. six months or whatever. Oh, I man. mean, they, they know they're just, they're just jerking us around and it's, yeah. it's, it's just kind of a bummer. So I'm filled with kind of a hateful excitement uh, after reading this because uh, no, I'm really fired up for the show because I love the discovery or I love the, the kind of the discovery born aesthetic of the, of the, yeah. you know, 2250s enterprise and you know i like the interpretations of the character i love ethan peck's interpretation of spock it makes me feel a little bit better about shoving aside zachary quinto as spock which (laughs) did nothing for the character yeah yeah. tried decided to turn it on its hair and make it something that it wasn't so Mm -hmm. um yeah so this is pretty righteous now have you been all the way through season two of discovery and seen kind of the discovery is the same slice dip and dip out for me too so yeah right you know and 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 again it would be difficult for us to do what we're doing here with discovery because it's one of those that because in modern story parlance you know you have a a season and that's just you got to watch the whole thing so the, yeah, it's, it's it's just not yeah. very it's just not very episodic so um so yeah so i would i would certainly encourage you when you know when, when yeah. you have the opportunity to uh to give that a stab i think season two is a lot better than season one as far as okay. discovery goes and it's season okay. two where you're going to meet uh these you know pike and number the one pike and spock, and spock. And, yeah. yeah exactly so that'd be my recommendation so this is cool okay. i am fired up about this yeah so cool. Good deal. All right. Well, that's it for the news. Yeah, it was it was a little light. Uh, obviously, the big news was Shatner in space, but I prefer, yeah. the, I prefer the satirical take. Um, <laughs> so with that, we move on to the Paul driving the bus episode, uh, segment two uh, of what he has dubbed Charlie the Star Trek Sherpa. That's the it. Star Trek Sherpa. And this is like, this is like Charlie's been to the top. He's been to the top multiple times. He knows the route. And I'm like some rich prick from America coming into wherever and, and paying a boatload of money for the Sherpa to take me up to the top of Everest here. Right. So, so this is, this is what we're doing here as Charlie alluded to before is Charlie has, is, is hand selecting hand, hand curating uh, episodes for me from the series that I haven't been deeply into. So today we're doing Voyager and Charlie has picked a two-parter as the exemplary Voyager and a singular episode as the garbage bin <laughs> of, of Voyager. Like, um, they, like they say over on the Weekly Planet, which is an Australian podcast I love, throw it in the bin, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, 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 good, the, the episodes of, on the good side um, is the season three finale and season four premiere of Voyager, the Scorpion parts one and two and the, the garbage bin one, the bad one is in the kind of the middle, middle end of season three called favorite son. 
And my Charlie, my suggestion is let's do the good ones first. Okay. Um, and then let's like, and then let's take out the trash <laughs> as it were All right. with the bad one. All right. So, yeah. Cool. Um, I will, I will read the very brief summary of yeah. part one. Um, and then it's you. And when you wrap up, I'll read the summary of part two and then it's you. And if, if you have, I, I think probably format wise is if you have actual questions that come I do, up, I I'll do jump in. Um, but other than that, I just, I want to hear from the uninitiated. I definitely yeah. want to hear your input. So, okay. Part okay. one uh, of Scorpion, again, end of season three. This would be the spring of 1997, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, part one, upon entering Borg space, Voyager encounters an alien race even more powerful than the Borg and bent on destroying all life in the galaxy, leading Captain Janeway to enter into an alliance with the Borg in order to defeat them. Ooh, scary, spooky, the Borg. Yeah, and so the, the so what's what's good about this is, of course, since TNG is my completionist series, I have the TNG perspective on the Borg, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got the the series premiere, of course, and you got Wolf three five nine, and all that kind of stuff is like that's packed in my head. Um, I Borg, where Hugh shows up, yeah, yeah, you know, several little little lots of Borg like flavoring is in TNG. Um, this one is great. So let me, can I drop a couple of Voyager questions at your feet first? So, so I, cause I've seen Voyager and I sort of know the premise, right? They get, they get sort of transwarped out of the alpha quadrant into the Delta quadrant. Yes. Yeah. There was in the first episode of, of Voyager, which I would recommend and it might even come up as our other selection. I haven't decided yet, but Mm -hmm. there was uh, there was an alien, race called the Nascene or the caretaker as it's come to known that is in the Delta quadrant that is dying. And they're like, we need to, we need to reproduce in order to survive so that we can continue to be the caretaker for this race called the Ocampa that lives underground on this nearby planet. So they use this, uh, this graviton wave uh, in all over the universe, uh, all over the galaxy. But in the Alpha Quadrant, it's in the Badlands, which is near DS9. It's where the Maquis live. Now, this probably means nothing to you, but mm-hmm. Maquis are, the, Maquis, the Maquis are freedom fighters fighting for independence against the Cardassians. Okay? And mm, okay. What we do is when the episode starts... We see a Maquis ship escaping from a Cardassian. They get snagged by this wave. They get sucked in. A couple weeks later, Voyager, assigned to find them, goes to the Badlands, also gets sucked in. The two crews end up having to work together to escape. The Maquis ship is destroyed. The Maquis crew joins Voyager. Thus, we have a series. There, and yeah. there are then 75,000 or 70,000 light years or 75 years from home at maximum warp. So we then have the premise of the series, which is we're going to get home by taking a straight line home and hopefully we'll find a shortcut or we'll listen to that. And, but they're okay. the only, their only ship uh, in the Delta quadrant. They're totally on their own. Thus okay. the premise of the series. Yes. There you go. So, so, the, okay. So my question then is as regards to the quadrants, is it simply that there are four pizza slices of the galaxy Correct. Is that how it goes? Okay. Four, four big pizza slices. Alpha. Well, it's funny. You can see it if you can look behind me. Can you oh. see? Can you see? Uh, your your video is a little choppy, but I, yeah, okay. Okay. In the lower left-hand corner of this, there is, yeah, you're absolutely, it's quadrant system. So if you can see my hand, lower left hand is alpha quadrant. Yep. Only a little tiny portion of it is the Federation. Yep. Voyager gets dumped all the way, all to, the, the way, all across. The way to the northeast, to the okay. very edge of the Delta Quadrant. Okay, so there, and it's funny, you can't really see it, but if you follow my fingers uh, here, this is the route that Voyager has to take to get home. 
So mm, sure. this will this will not at all be helpful for anyone who doesn't watch our YouTube channel. So sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Just imagine it's a pizza, and they started on one and got gravity waved to the opposite slice so, from so yes, their slice. Just think about yeah, a diagonal line. They went from southeast to northeast, and they have to go back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So thank you for that, because I okay. So that helps me uh, geographically plant the the things here. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to go for a bit here a little bit cuz I wrote down some things. Go nuts. The first thing is that you know, what I notice just sort of about 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 it as a show is that the music is very different. The intro music very different than than your TNG, right? Then that's oh, yeah. TNG again is the one that's stuck in my head. And this one has a little more Pensive, but also soaringness to it, right? Mm-hmm. TNG right. has a little, it's like a little snappy, actiony, kind of quick paced. And Voyager has a, it's like slower, a little more orchestral, a little bit, but also like soaring a little bit more too. And I really like that because, because in my head, again, being, being like small, small time aware of Voyager, Voyager is a great name for what the series is because they have a hell of a long way to go. And they don't know what they're going to do, and and they don't know what they're going to see, mm-hmm. and so you have to be a little more watchful and cautious, and and sometimes just like in this in this two episodes, you have to sort of thread a needle sometimes too, right between between like scary things around you right. and the way home. Um, so so I thought the 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 intro music super good. I love that. I'm 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 excited to watch more Voyager now just to sort of plant that music in my head as the starting point mm-hmm, for each mm-hmm. episode. Uh, I thought it was great. I I thought it was great that they used John Reese Davies as Da Vinci. Awesome. That was that was such That's a great so casting choice. I know. Um, and I thought it was great too that it takes both parts of the series to 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 sort of deliver on the Da Vinci perspective. Right. So you get the intro right away. Um, or I think actually technically the first thing you see is I, I think they did a great job of introducing oh, this because the uh, first I, thing you see is yeah. the cubes just getting shattered. Right. Right. That they was get first, blasted. Like, 40 seconds. And yeah, there yeah. You, know, you see two cubes coming in. Typical Borg perspective. We are the Borg. You will be assimilated. And that's watch it the first time, you're like you're like you're you're like holy you're shit! Home, you're you're home alone. I don't, yeah. I don't want to knock my microphone, but <laughs> ah, you're you're yeah. Macaulay Culkin, yeah. And and because like if you're if you grew up on the Borg, you're like the Borg are like the big bad guys, right? They're the they're right. the, the the big kids on the block, and these guys just just slice right through them like they're not even a thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's a perfect table setting for holy crap! How's Voyager going to get out of this? scenario right Right, because voyager has to thread there's like a there's sort of an empty patch through borg space that they're taking right and so they're like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna like everybody hold your breath and be quiet we're gonna go through this passageway right yeah right Um, and then seeing that knowing you like there's a huge threat here so that was that was great like i said great that john reese davies was there setting the table with the da vinci stuff that pays off in the next episode Mm -hmm. with the how do we and that's so stepping above that one of the things I've loved, and this is part of my like the windshield wiper analogy, is mm-hmm. that my adult side of my Star Trek fandom has comes to love and appreciate how captains and other members of the crews they find inspiration and they find value and meaning from from the past, from history, from exploring mm-hmm. themselves. Like there's Star Trek, but there's also self Trek, right? Which is 
Janeway sort of going through her process of like her Da Vinci's kind of like her Dixon Hill thing, right? A little bit mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. episode where she's just pretending to be in the world and doing things, but also like that world peeks out back into Voyager itself, where when she sees the shadows on the wall in the next episode, um, that gives her the inspiration for how to, to sort of resolve the whole thing. So again, I love that adult Paul loves that kid. Paul wouldn't have gotten that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's great. Um, I, so, so Kess, mm-hmm. Kess is an interesting character. Kess reminded me of course of Troy, but mm-hmm. what is, what is Kess's deal? She's telepathic. She is. Now it's funny. You should say Kess is, Kess is interesting because this is the third, the last appearance of the character and she leaves the series. So sorry. Oh, really? Oh, geez. sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> what, what's funny is, is that she goes, she ties right back to the first episode of the series with the care the race that's being caretakered by this nascene this this array thing is her race they're called the okampa they're essentially defenseless they only live for nine years so she's like three years old she's approaching middle age still looks pretty good for middle age wow yeah but uh yeah there was there was a lot of there was a lot of back and forth not only in that first episode where the the race is introduced that they have nascent tele uh basically telepathic powers which Throughout the three seasons of the show, Tuvok is helping her develop, mm, yeah. um, and, and it, it comes into play here, and then again in part two, and then in the the, the episode afterwards is called the gift, and that's when, <clears throat> excuse me, she leaves the show because oh, of, wow. because she was replaced by Seven of Nine, who you're going Seven to of see, Nine, yeah, who you got to see Seven of Nine's Genesis <clears throat> in the second episode, so yeah, yeah, Kess, an interesting I, character. I there are you know of course a lot of theories as to why she left it was really quite unfortunate for actress jennifer lean because her life took a complete nosedive after she left the show her oh really her career was ruined and i believe she she you know had some run-ins with the law and her life is just basically kind of in the in the toilet now so uh yeah where jerry ryan is you know kicking it and she's still on star trek she's still on star trek yeah Yeah. exactly so yeah no she was yeah there was possibilities for the character i didn't necessarily think she had to go but Mm. they you know in a lot of ways she was more interesting than Harry Kim or some of the other characters on the show. So yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> and we'll get in we'll get into more into Harry on the second oh, part here too. Oh, yes. But, exactly. but no, let's not let's not spoil that yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Janeway is like so so they find out the, the they're going through Borg spaces and Janeway is doing her research. And yep. she's reading Captain's logs or, or people's logs about their encounters with the Borg. Mm-hmm. And she quotes Picard. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I didn't have time to search for it or think it. the The quote that she quotes Picard is that a TNG captain's log moment? Mm-mm. Do you know? No, it doesn't appear in TNG. Okay. No, no. And okay. the, the the other captain they met, and again, I'm plucking all this from memory because yeah, yeah, yeah. The other captain who she quotes was Captain Amosov of the Endeavor, who's now ne- never anyone we've ever met. Um, okay. So she was, yeah, she was she was aping Picard, but she was aping a a, a log entry we'd never heard. But it's something that okay. you can feel like Picard would. Have you can played. feel like you, Picard wrote it. You can feel you can feel his voice, and that's what kind of Chakotay makes reference to. She she, he, he, yeah, she, she, yeah, she she did. Catherine or um, Kate Mulgrew does a good like season it with Picard a little bit, right? right that was, a little sprinkle. That was, yeah, a little sprinkle of yeah. Picard there. That was super good. Um, yeah. uh, the, there was the, I never, I didn't, I didn't feel like I got it. So right after that, or soon after that, there, Cass had one of her sort of telepathic experiences, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's the pile of Borg parts. Ah, ouch. Which was like gross. Right. But what I, what I didn't capture was 
was there a reason that there was that 8472 had like made a pile of Borg parts? Not, 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 no. not, not, okay. to my, and again, that's something that later on when uh, the away team with Chakotay and Tuvok and, and Harry, they go to the 8472, the swarm, the, those had a specific name. It's not, wasn't the swarm ship, it was the bio ship. The bio when ship, they yeah. Go, oh, yeah. Well, no, it's, they're on the Borg cube and Harry just stumbles upon it. And the, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. And you're right. It's not touched upon again. So it's not like, cause like they do cause, that because they, they're going to eat it or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, the, cause I got, I got this feeling is like, is it like a weirdo 8472 sculpture? Like we, <laughs> oh, we, <look. laughs> we make a, we make a pile of bodies of whatever species we obliterate that's, as we go through. Know, that's that's a even darker than. I yeah. Would so, yeah. <laughs> um, so that I was okay. So there's no there's no good explanation for that. Okay, I would so so, no. so there's there's also um, they're trying to get so um, Taurus is trying to teleport or transport um, people off the cube back to the ship when right. they want to kind of get the hell out of there, right? Right. And she's like, oh, you know what I can do, or or and I think maybe Tubak <laughs> helps her a little bit is like I can get a skeletal lock on the minerals in their bones, and in my head I'm always I oh anytime what? there's transporter stuff I'm like. People, why do you fuck around with transporter stuff? It's like terrifying. I, I would not want to be like, you know, I think this could work. Energize, right? Like that's yeah. if you if you're not sure, leave me where I am. Right. And like get a better uh, lock or I'll fight I'll my way through it, it or whatever. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm just I'm taken right back to Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah, exactly. Uh in the when there was a transporter accident, which still yeah. ended up not making any sense. Like, oh, there's something wrong with the transporter and it turned these people inside out and being the it's like who would ever use one again in your life? Yeah. You're like, all right, I'm standing online, these two people are in front of me, I'm looking at something on my phone. And then they beam back and they're turned inside out. I would be like, fuck this. I'm taking, I'm out. I'm taking the space shuttle, right? Or yes, whatever. I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I never, never again in my life will I take a transporter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then again, everybody seems to be totally cool. With, oh, I guess it's an acceptable risk. It's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. come on, man. Guys. Whew. Um, uh, so, 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 so that was, I just was like, okay, guys, don't, why you do that? Um, the so so we get the so eighty four seventy two, which is the Borg designation for this series right. or this species. Um, they they want to in, in, do a sort of an incursion into our universe, I guess you could call it, and just obliterate all life essentially. What I I couldn't grasp the motivate their motivation for that. You know, what was eighty four seventy two's motivation to eradicate life? In the end of it, Kess says, uh, "We've you know we've polluted their realm, and they want to it, in some ways." And you'll you'll find this when we touch upon DS nine. There's like the Dominion in that wants it. Well, we want to impose our order on the galaxy. Species eight four seven two was like we polluted their realm. They want we they we want to they want to expunge our pollution from their reality but okay. it's weird because they live in fluidic space yeah um so their realm is not our realm so yeah it's funny you should say that because you're giving me a different perspective because it's kind of like the age-old what's my motivation when yeah you're talking about an actor because you're right they didn't really seem to have any except for the fact that the borg found their way into their space and they were like dude and they were like this was a big fuck you to the borg like yeah oh, you you want to it's funny we're watching this april and i are watching the sopranos right now so it's oh, like yeah. oh you want to fight with me yeah. that's a tony, <laughs> that's kind of a tony soprano move yeah. right there 
Um, but yeah, they like stuck they stuck their big ugly you know cube in the fluidic space, and eight four seven two was like, what the fuck do you think? And you got pasted, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not coming into my yard. Fuck you. We're now we're not. Now, yeah. Now your yard is my yard, so I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going over there. I'm going back to to. It was sense. it was it was a mob. It was it was a mob. I think it was a mob move. I think you know what? I think that's the new name of this episode. Keep talking. <laughs> so that's so that's good. Um, I like how it took. Uh, so what was great was I, I, sometimes I love how titles come about. Right. And right. so this was Scorpion parts one and two. And until, of course, until Chakotay tells the parable of the scorpion and the fox, you, I'm like, why is it called Scorpion? Why is it called Scorpion? And then he tells the parable of the, right, right. the scorpion, and the fox and the scorpion sings a fox and they both drown. And the scorpion says, well, it's just in my nature. I sting things. Right. Right. Um, that was great. And that was kind of, I think that was close to the end of the first episode. Yeah. Um, I think so yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was great. That's great table setting for like, okay, now I've got some context. Right. And now I have some idea of like, you're dropping some hints of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you jump you, at the end of the first episode. I wrote this down. I wrote it down in my little notes here. I wrote, holy shit. Bioship death star. Yeah, what, right? was it? yeah, you're, oh yeah. my God. I never thought about it that way, but yeah, yeah. It, it goes, it goes, yeah, they, you're absolutely they, right. They sort of join their beams into one ship, and then one ship shits out a mega beam, and it wastes a whole planet. And you I was know, like, well, you know what's crazy is that this aired in May of 1997, 20th anniversary of the release of the original Star Wars. How did that work? Wow. It's That's, I mean, weird. that is, <laughs> that's weird. That, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the 8472 Death Star. Nice. Yes. That, that might even be, I've already got 8472 type. I might have to change it to the Death Star. We'll see. But anyway, <laughs> um, you ready for part two then? We good? Yes, I'm ready. I'm, I'm jumping to part two. Okay, um, cool. So, so yeah, okay, two, give me yeah. give me the intro. Let's do the intro. You got it. You're right. Captain Janeway forges a shaky alliance with the Borg Collective to defeat species Eight four seven two, leading to a potential new crew member on board. Wink. Yeah. Wink. This was this was great. Okay, so so knowing sort of some generalities about Voyager, I already knew that seven of nine was a thing, right? But and so in the first, um, in the first episode of Scorpion, I was like in my head, I was like, "Where's seven of nine? Well, of course, this series, this this two episodes explains it. Um. <clears throat> And then, but they gave a, they gave it away a little bit because in the opening credits, Jerry Ryan is already credited like a main cast. Yeah, as talk, seven of talk, nine. Talk about not not giving away the farm, right? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, come on, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I was like, well, she can't die because she's gonna be like she got top billing in the show, right? So, right, can't can't die. But it was still, regardless of that, um, the, this this was a this was a great. This is a great bookend to this story um, because they they so a, a few things here they give they give seven of nine this like locutus like quality mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. almost like a representative or like a an adjunct or a or a, like a give me a representative to talk to that will act like it's a unitary being even though it's really still part of the collective right right um, right. Um, and that was, and that bore some similarities to Locutus in the TNG uh, arcs of, of where that was, mm-hmm. and so that was really good. That and that kind of showed you, okay, they're connecting some dots here. They're they're making the Borg have some similar traits and how they go about 
doing stuff. And then you find out that seven of nine, there are the yeah, seven of nine, the, the, the biological part of seven of nine is human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just get like just a little, a little taste right. of, of What's like the done? Annika Hansen story. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, but she doesn't even she, it, throughout the whole, throughout this episode, she doesn't even act as a human. She's still Borg the whole, the whole way through, Super but Borgy, she, yes. but she ends the episode in sickbay as a uh, Borg. So, you know, that Voyager now has one, one, one being on board, right. Mm-hmm. That is a Borg that all, but that also might not be Borg forever or whatever. So, and right. because they now know how more about how to fight off Borg infections and that stuff too. Right, right. Okay. So that was, that was really cool. Um, I wrote down. So the, so, so the, so this is the great part of this, or one of the great parts of this is the Borg and Voyager coming together and having like a strategy. Right. Right. And I love how the Borg, just basically proposed a huge freaking nuke. Mm-hmm. Like they proposed a, the nuke of all nukes, right? They're like, let's wipe out a five light year radius sphere. It's good of stuff. It's no thing. It's, 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 it's not even a part and, of a possibly of a thing. And, and, and you're like, that's like, that's like, of course, that's like what nukes are to regular bombs. Right. right. That is that, that thing is to nukes. Right. And so basically it's just like, th- this is the possible path to like, other WMD like the Star Trek WMD right right um so glad so I'm glad that uh Janeway and crew got it to like not be that thing right um I also I, I was also I don't know if confused is the right word but it surprised me so they so the Voyager gets into fluidic space mm-hmm. in this episode uh the Borg know how to use the deflector array to open up a portal more or less to fluidic space. And so they, 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 they drop into fluidic space and Voyager is basically like floating in a sea of goo at that point. Mm-hmm. And sea in my head, goo. yeah. In my head, I was like, how did, how do impulse engines work? Because should Voyager be able to travel through that or not? Like, I don't, maybe, I guess, I don't know, but like, I mean, it was a know, curious yeah, it's just, thought. The impulse or, you know, and, and, and then, by definition, I'm just trying to remember. Even looking at like I have a, a blueprint of the Enterprise D on my episode wall. Oh, sure. And in the four corners of the saucer are what they call an RCS or reaction control thruster to do like like course corrections and this and that. But yeah, they can, at, the, yeah. At, at the base of the neck of the ship is the impulse engine that just goes a little boop and it just yeah. pushes it. But yeah, how would that function in, in the void of- versus but <laughs> In a yeah. sea of goo. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But then again, yeah, sea of goo. So it's not like it's water. It's a sea of goo. So yeah, that's a that's a sciencey question that I'm sure they would love to avoid. Uh, you know why so, not? Yeah. <laughs> so um, so another great another great revelation in this episode is that you find out that, that the Borg started the whole thing. The Borg tried to assimilate eighty four seventy two. Exactly. So yeah. they, they they stepped into the yard. And it yeah, was like, you, you know what? You're not in our yard. We're going to be in your yard. And so, there was to me, it was a great thing too because, like, mm-hmm. you could you you could almost get this like until that moment. For me, you could almost think they're building up like sympathy for the Borg a little bit, right? Right? They're, that they're victimized, exactly. Yeah, so, and we then didn't, we didn't do anything. We, I don't know what's just, going on here. They're just blasting us. What's wrong? And then you find out that the Borg are the pricks who came in and tried to assimilate them. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so like, um, so you're like, okay, yeah, Borg still bad guys. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right. Done. Um, the, the, 
Okay. So then we come to, I think the, the culmination of the scorpion parable, right. which is, which is two things. One thing is Janeway goes back and talks to, to Da Vinci again. Mm-hmm. And they have that conversation where Da Vinci is looking at the shadows on the wall and there's multiple perspectives on the things. It could be a, mm-hmm. like a guy or it could be a, like Da Vinci says he just sort of gets lost and different, different things appear out of the shadows. And I think that's what gives Janeway pause about, because through, through this whole series, this whole two episode thing, her and Chakotay have different perspectives on what they ought to do. Cause she's like, let's do whatever it can to, to keep this alliance together to, 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 to get there. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, the fox right in, in mm, the sense that in right? the sense that she thinks that sh- they can get across right and mm-hmm. chakotay is like the borg are the scorpion that's what he's saying because because he's saying the scorpion does want to get across but the scorpion can't help itself it's going to want to sting or in this case it's going to want to assimilate no matter what we do right. so if so chakotay's thing is if we get the chance we should fuck off because right. Big because time. even if we help the Borg, they're just going to assimilate us anyway. Yeah, and exactly. and so they, so they do this great plan, which is Janeway. So they 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 kind of they kind of talk this out a little bit, and then right. Janeway appears back to Seven of Nine, and she's like, "Let's go. I have Chakotay in the brig. You know, we didn't see eye to eye, whatever." But right. then, but then at the end, they get back into real space or our mm-hmm. space, I guess you could say. Right. And and Seven of Nine reestablishes con- subspace contact with the Borg. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, forget the arrangement. You guys are coming out. We're going to assimilate you up. Here we go. And yeah, she's right. like, Chakotay, execute plan Omega or whatever. Right. And, well, and so the, the plan is called Scorpion. Yeah. Execute Scorpion. Yeah. Yeah. And um, because, because the Borg are the Scorpion, they're going to, it's in their nature to assimilate. They're not going to not assimilate. Right. And so, and so it takes, it takes both. It takes the Janeway and the Chakotay perspective, mm-hmm. both simultaneously to bring the whole thing to fruition. Chakotay mm-hmm. handles the, when the scorpion tries to sting, that's when I'm going to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And Janeway says, Ooh. here's how we're going to, here's how, here's how the fox is going to swim across the river. Mm-hmm. Once we get to get to the certain thing. Right. So, so it's, it's this great sort of culmination of the Da Vinci thing mm-hmm. with Janeway and Chakotay and the Borg all sort of mixing together to, to sort of tell the parable, but also, wrap the story up in a real nice little button mm-hmm. and then set the table for some future things. And right. the great thing too, I thought was that I think I, I think I, cause I think I've seen clips and stuff of, of later seasons of Voyager. Sure, sure, sure. And I always wondered why the hell are there Borg things on Voyager? But this tells you why, because they keep the Borg tech on their ship. They're mm-hmm. Janeway's like, it's good stuff. Let's just keep it. Right. right so they've right. got some Borg things kind of chilling in Voyager right. as they go forward. And of course they're going to have seven of nine. So they're going to need right. like things anyway. Well, but there it, are in, in later seasons, they actually, they pick up some like Borg kids along the way. Oh really? And, and then they're there for, they have four of them, two of them find a home elsewhere. And then two, no, excuse me. There's four of them. Three of them find a home elsewhere and one of them stays and he's with them for the rest of the series. And then he actually shows up in Picard briefly to get killed. Oh, really? Of, okay. Which is, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> that, so, that sucks. 
Um, yeah, it really was. So, well, cool. All right. So, uh, okay. Thoughts? So, thoughts? so, so this was this, this, so here's my final thoughts. This was okay. great. It was great Star Trek stuff because it had the, it takes, it takes you through that, that journey that look, look at the past, look at yourself and then use those things to solve your problem now. Right. Yes. That, totally. that sort of Star Trek thread of things. Mm-hmm. And then it had the, also the perspective of like the, the, the collective, the Borg is powerful in a certain sense, but it really showed you why the individual perspective matters. Like, like weaving those two individual perspectives together mm-hmm. is what gave Voyager the advantage at the end right. to still like swim across the river, so to speak. And really so it was good. great. It was great Star Trek stuff. It was great Voyager stuff. I definitely now have a, a, a finer appreciation of a slice of Voyager now too. So one thing I wanted to do before we jump to the bad thing the is bad if thing. can, can, can I ask you for your little brief, as brief as you want it to be, whatever that is like uh, about this, about Scorpion for you in your experience of Voyager, what is it about Scorpion that makes this like creme de la creme of Voyager? I would say this is like in any, like in any pop song. There's "Take It to the Bridge," so you yeah. have that little instrumental part in the middle that gets you from the beginning of the song to the end of the song. It's the middle. Uh-huh. It's the middle uh-huh. chapter of a song. So the first three seasons of Voyager, while there were peaks and valleys, and oh, this was a great episode, or this was was kind of bland. Okay, sure. Which, which okay. I I feel like at the end of season three, that's why the, the you know the the producers put their heads together and said, "Look, our ratings are not great." Uh, the show is not doing what we wanted to do. We gotta, we gotta put something in the mix. And what's yeah. funny is it was, it almost seems like their their roadmap from that was they did the same thing on DS9 in the fall of '95 when Worf joined the cast. Okay, oh. so that was about that was about a year after the end of TNG, uh, mm-hmm. and then with Generations, you know, the 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 the, the TNG crew scattered when the the Enterprise yeah. was destroyed. So yep. Worf was available, as it were, and he joined the cast. So in a lot of ways, the same thing. First three seasons of DS9, peaks and valleys, some great ones, but in some ways, kind of bland. They needed to throw something in the mix. Worf joins the cast. The rest of the series is spectacular. It's amazing. Okay. There are very few, like if we went back and did a work, because we're doing a worst of of DS9, the episode that I'm going to toss in there will definitely be from the first or second season. Sure, sure, you know sure, I mean? sure. Because you get, you still have bad episodes in seasons four, five, six, and seven, but they are so few and far between. Mm. Um, and, you know, with Voyager, I wouldn't say they had the same track record, but after, to circle back, after Seven Joins, the series takes a much more, focused trajectory you know right, where, where right. they're they're they, you know janeway is still dealing with the morality play of should i do this thing because it'll get us closer to home or yeah. or with seven it's like they they form this symbiotic mother-daughter relationship where i'm helping her reclaim right. her humanity and but i'm also finding ways to stick to our principles while still finding ways to you know service our our goal right. to get my people home yeah. so it's much more alive in, and again, seasons four through seven, it's the same between – that's a parallel between the two shows because, yes, in the beginning of season four, both shows added a new character, one existing, one from an existing race yeah, or background yeah, that propelled yeah. the show into a greater direction. So yeah. I, I've never read specifically an article that said that, but it, in my esteem, it's absolutely true. Okay. Okay. I love that. I love the – that's a great concept, the, the bridge, right? Yeah. That's, it's it's the, the bridge. Yeah. It's the bridge. Sweet. That's it's it. Okay. So before we get to the bridge, the troll under the bridge, which was only which was only about five or six episodes before Scorpion Part <laughs> yeah. One, was the season three uh, season three episode twenty stinker known as favorite 
son. Okay, this was Harry Kim. Uh, Harry Kim, the uh, the ensign. The ensign seemingly, seemingly learns uh, both that he is actually a member of a Delta Quadrant race, and that his air quotes people want him to never leave his new home. So, what okay. do you think about this one? Okay, so <laughs> let me let me let me uh, let me start some things here. One thing I noticed, and this goes across everything, is like so. The first thing that happens is like they encounter some unknown ship. And they're the the encounter is pretty pretty innocuous, right? They're like, right. "Oh, hi, we're the blood, we're cool, and you guys are cool too." Hey, great, let's all be friends. And Harry's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, guys, no, yeah, uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you up." So, <laughs> so so Harry Harry leaps up. Harry's like tapping away at his console, and then um, I think Tuvok says, "Oh." So, tactical is now routed through ops, you know, or, or something like that. Right, exactly. And, yeah. and, and what picked in my head was that the, are, are, are Starfleet ships too flexible, right? right? Because, because there's always a way for, cause in, in TNG data, data takes over at least once, I think twice, maybe two through oh, various yeah. machinations. Right. And <laughs> so in here, computer lockout, blah, blah. He, yeah. he locks everybody from everything. Um, and he says, only take commands from engineering or whatever, right? That kind of right, stuff. Right, exactly. And then, and then, so Harry, Ensign Harry Kim has the access and the power to to be like, no, you over there, I'm taking over your stuff and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to fire the phasers. I'm going to fire things. I'm going to raise the shields and there's nothing you can do. And I'm going to do it from this console. That is, to me, I was like, that's that's a that's a design flaw. In Starfleet ships, yeah. yeah, exactly. That any panel can override any other panel, and there's the there's no there's yeah. no actual security. Yeah, that's that's bad. But again, it serves for the purpose of facilitating yeah. this, this otherwise ridiculous plot. Yeah, it, it facilitates this ridiculous plot, and there's there's so there's ridiculousness all over in this one, and mm-hmm. like even before even before Harry gets to down to the planet with the with the lovely ladies all around him. No, oh, um, he's. He, he, Harry, I feel like Harry is too easily convinced to be okay with what he did. Because if, if they weren't, if Voyager was not like stranded in the Delta Quadrant, like it, honestly, Harry should be court martialed for that, right? Like, and, and, com- and should completely and, be. And yeah. other things to follow because he does, he does a lot of dumb shit and he never gets promoted throughout the series. And I guess now you know why. Now you know why he's ensign the whole way through, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, because like this is that's this, this is like the, the of the Star Trek stuff I've seen, except for when data gets kind of like cooked out a little bit, right? This is the most clearly like disobeying orders, uh, like not only disobeying orders, but like just subjugating and subverting everything about the ship to me, Ensign, whoever doing the thing. And then like five minutes later, he talks to, I think the doctor and maybe, maybe Taurus. And, mm-hmm. and they're like, and, and they, he just like, yeah, I guess it was okay that I did that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't okay that you did that, Harry. Okay. So there's, so there's that. I I was like, what is going on here? The, and so, so that led me to, here's, here's what I wrote down the next, the next three little bits on my notes were the humor is off. The directing is off. <laughs> the story is off. The dialogue is off. Every, nothing feels right. There's, there's a piece of this that doesn't feel like I get why this is one of the worst ones of the whole thing, because mm-hmm. not only is the plot itself ridiculous, but 
but a lot of times you have to make actors and characters go through to do a ridiculous plot. You need to have them do and say ridiculous things. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's what happened here is that like, is that all of the characters are saying and doing just either, either they're either doing dumb things or they're giving poor justifications for doing things, or they're, they're like, they're like mannequin their way through stilted dialogue. That's just garbage through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's this, this of course is not even to mention the, the, the utter absurdity of this, of this lady planet. Right. Right. Of, oh, yeah. of like they get down there and like, I, I, I so, so they, the, when they first get in the room with the lady people, um, Harry is immediately swarmed, like swarmed by the ladies and they're like, I, I can't imagine being a director and saying, okay, you, you four women, you're just going to go. And this actor right here, just touch him everywhere all the time. Right. It looked so strange and it was so, it was so goony. And so like it, I did, I was not left with uh, like, I wasn't left with the sense of like, if the goal was for me as a viewer to be like, wow, that planet is really cool. Wouldn't I love to have all these women fawning over me? I'm not left with that because it's so strange. Like right. I, I, I wouldn't want somebody just like up in my business and like touching my face and touching my chest and touching my, just, just constantly like tentacle suckered to my whatever the whole time, you know? Ugh. No, no. <clears throat> so, so I wrote down, it kind of, it creeps me out. All of it, all of it creeps me out, and and, and so <laughs> totally. and so so the women are just rubbing up on him. Everything creeps me out, and then there's the like so there's oh God, I can't believe this. There's 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 the wedding ceremony, right? Oh. And like, yeah. I mean, come on, like who doesn't see what happens coming from that ceremony? They right. they blindfold and tie the guy up, and then they take him away. That is not, that is never the way to no, paradise that, gardens of pleasure. That is not going to work out. That's not going to work for, work out for you, buddy. Oh that's goodness. not what's going to happen. And so when Harry finds the guy later, it has this like, Oh look, it's like the, it's like the dead guys in Lord of the Rings. When they come, when they come into Helm's deep or not Helm's yeah. deep, um, into the, into the mines of Moria. And there's yeah, like yeah, all these yeah. dead guys with arrows and like, ah, like rotted out skeletons that guy they're like the ladies are like well we had to take a lot of material from our mates so we can mate and you're like that's disgusting and awful um so so there's 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 so it's 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 absurd and here's the other thing there there's there's three things i think three final thoughts i have on this one one is the, this this race, the lady race, whatever you, well, I forget what they're called. Um, I don't remember either. The, it, yeah, it really makes a dent. Bleh. Yeah, right. They have the technology to send their seed into space and 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 take creatures from other races and make them males of their own species, but they don't have the technology to simply make their own males. That makes no sense to me, right? They're they're doing a harder thing when they could be doing an easier thing, I think, because they can rewrite DNA. It's like, how? Why are you having trouble making men in your house when when you're doing a harder thing outside the house? Okay, that's one thing. 
Oh, my dog is breaking. Sorry, Charlie. You, one second. Your, your, your dog seems super serious. Yeah. Okay. My, just, give, just give me one second. All right. Go ahead. So it's it's strange that they're so technologically advanced, but they can't make their own men. But they make their men from other races. So that's one thing. Tuvok no, says, Tuvok says, and I, I so I went around and I read some things about this one after I watched it. And I saw Tuvok says, I, sir, to Janeway. <gasps> no. Yes. He does. That is a protocol. So that she usually doesn't tolerate. She doesn't here. tolerate that. Like that's a, right. I can remember seeing something in the past where Janeway is like, no, no, it's not, I'm not, sir. Right. Um, I can't, I forget how she terms it, but like Janeway is not, sir. You know what I mean? Right. And so, and Tuvok says it and they don't do anything about it. And the other thing is like, I actually think it would have been better if, if Harry was this race. Right. If it turned out that he was rather than that they had like fooled him or whatever. Right. Like, I actually think it would have been more interesting for Harry to, to sort of give that up and sort of, and sort of be guided by sort of his core beliefs rather than, come to realize what's what's goofy and whatever about this this race like and it would and it would have been i think it would have been cool to have like for voyager to emerge back like at the end when voyager like bursts through the sphere and like gets back to the alpha quadrant like it would have been cool to have a representative another representative of a race that was not part of the alpha quadrant like with them and like they 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 had all that stuff so anyway it's everything about this one was like i i was everything was off there was I was not entertained ever. You're right in it this was, episode. That was the that was the thing. Is that the directing bad? Right. The dire- bad directing makes for bad acting. It's not the actor's right. fault. I think. Right. Yeah. Bad, bad bad plot and bad script make for bad acting. Again, not the actor's fault. I don't think. So it's just it was just wrong. It was just right. wrong. Wrong. You know, wrong. I would for sure say it's a victim of the old. Uh, model of television production, like 20, 26 episodes in a season. So we got to have one on every, you know, not every week, but every, yeah. you know, out of the, because there's, you know, there's sweeps in, in November yeah. and May, and then, then we're on break and then we're back and blah. So you're going to ha- you just, you know, there's, you know, n- not, you know, the, the Rolling Stones, not every album is great, but they've been making music for 60 years. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's, they're going to have crappy albums. So yeah. that's, that's the way that's the way these work. So, yeah, this was a stinker. I would have to stop and look up and see if this is, you know, maybe this is an episode that didn't come from the regular writing staff. So that's why it was so bad. Because as I mentioned in our last episode, or I, I think actually I mentioned it when I was talking about Star Trek on Secret Friends and Rich was on. So that was last week. I oh, mentioned sure. that TNG had an open door policy for spec scripts. You could send a script in and let's say by hook or by crook, somebody read it and liked it. It could get produced. So the the example I used in that one is one of the finest episodes of TNG is called Yesterday's Enterprise, where there's, yeah. there's a twist in alternate reality. Tasha yeah. comes back. That was written by a guy named Eric Stilwell, who I'm actually friends with on Facebook. He lives in France now. Oh, cool. But he was just some dude, if I'm That's, not mistaken. I it, love that episode. Holy yeah, cow. He was just some guy. And I believe, and again, I and I'd have to research it, but 
they 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 snagged his script and obviously there was some some you know they went there and you know other people did rewrites and blah 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 and all this different stuff but yeah that was this dude's claim to fame so for all for all i know this could be like well this was a spec script submitted by bill johnson from omaha nebraska yeah. and they're like you know what we're really screwed because we need one more episode for you know to do before the end of the month and so we'll reach just, into the spec pile and yeah we'll just, yeah we'll just take bill johnson's script even though it it, it totally sucks so <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, so, so. Anyway, final thoughts? Or are we good? I'm good. My final thoughts are blah. Unless you have any other final thoughts yourself, I, I just I, I I don't. This this was this was a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to doing this again. Yeah. Next week, next week we're going to switch out. We're going to do DS9. Yes. Uh, I will make a determination on your homework later this weekend. Nice, you nice. Can, you can dig into it uh, during the week. So, uh, with that. If you have the flow in front of you, I always have my second chair read the outro. So if you don't mind. For more information about Starfleet International, please visit Grand Petoskey and Region 13 on Facebook. The Facebook. Friends, (laughs) thank you as always for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Insert catchphrase here. Oh, okay. All right. I'll give Paul a pass. He's got to think of one next week. Wait, wait, what? Am I supposed to do a catchphrase? Go for it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Okay. Uh, The catchphrase is this. Um, uh, Everybody keep your bioships aligned and create a super laser. Focus on your goals. Code 47 is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for our great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to be part of the conversation, visit our new Discord server, or join us on Facebook, or follow us at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends on YouTube, and don't forget to visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.